Welcome to the inner world of filmmaking. I'm your host, Tammy McGarrow. I'm a writer, director, editor, and a podcast producer. In this show, I will interview filmmakers in all facets of production and distribution. Today's show, we're talking about acting and comedic writing with the hilarious Mark Atkinson. Welcome, Mark. So glad to have you on the show today. Yes, finally I could finally be here. All right. Finally I could finally be here. Wow. <laughs> did I just say that? I know. So much rescheduling and we finally made it work. We did. Barely. Yeah. You had to text me and say, are you on your way? Yeah. Should this, I, su- I said, whoops. Yeah. And should I, I am s- now. <laughs> I hope that uh, you don't do that on uh, auditions. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Luckily it's all self-taped nowadays so we can kind of submit on your own. But I've been known to kind of even do those kind of late. Like say if it's due at like one o'clock, I'll be like, all right. Uh, let's see. I got it in at uh, twelve fifty-two. Oh wow! I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you like to just slide right in there. Well, I'm getting better at it. I'm trying to trying to work on my time management. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Mark, you're from Rhode Island and was part of the New England stand-up comedy circuit. Is that how you got so great at ad-libbing? Yeah, I guess I started doing stand-up uh, my senior year of college in the Providence uh, circuit, and then uh, a little bit in Boston, not much, but uh, yeah, in the Providence circuit for sure uh yeah i guess that's kind of how i started doing uh ad-libbing doing ad-libbing wow um i i was i also took some improv classes at a place called improv asylum in boston like amy poehler was there for a while i think she founded her she definitely taught there at one point um anyways uh yeah that's kind of how uh, that was my foray into uh i guess the entertainment industry doing the stand-up in providence and improv in boston and were you just always good at that? Or do you feel like the training with the... Oh, that's a good question. With comedy and improv? Um, I guess I've always been quick-witted. Uh, I come from an Irish Catholic family. I'm the middle. So, you know, we were always busting each other's chops. So I think that's what kind of gave me a thicker skin and also uh, made me quick-witted. So I think just growing up in a Irish Catholic family in, in the 90s in New England did a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I can. A family always helps. Yes. And then you're a writer, director, producer of several of your own films, like Pulp Friction, The Power Agent, When Howie Met Ronnie, and more. Is it challenging to go between the two roles of actor and then director? Yeah, it is, actually. So I didn't technically direct uh, Pulp Friction. Uh, My friend Tony almost did. Um, But originally, we were going to co-direct. But I kind of found it uh, a little bit challenging to to be the writer, producer, uh, one of the stars, and direct for that particular one. And plus, Tony just has a lot more experience. You know, he's like an alpha male and all that stuff, where I'm a little bit more indecisive. So at some point during production, he just became director. I'm like, yeah, you go. Let's let's just get it done. Let's just make the best thing we can. I don't care. And uh, and then he was actually going to be the DP. And then Justin Burquest, who who we recently worked with on a project, we, I guess we can talk about that later. Too, right, but, yeah. Uh, he became the DP. And uh you know, we we have this uh, really funny film that's doing well, um, getting into a lot of festivals, getting nominated a lot, We've even won a couple of awards too. So, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, it's it's hard. And then well, why don't you tell us a little bit about Pulp Friction? What's it about? How did you uh, come up with the story? Okay, uh, it probably happened 2018 or 19, maybe. Was that, maybe it was 19. Uh, I was at a uh, Comic-Con pre-party in LA and I went up there with my uh, my buddy Randy who you know if you haven't seen us on Facebook uh, we're always we're always at parties we were just at one last night actually didn't get into San Diego till 4.30 but anyways wow yeah it was cool it was for the info list and that's actually what the Comic Con party was for uh, so we were, we were like yeah let's go to this party because last time we went to the party we, we made a film so um 
basically, yeah, we went to a party a couple years ago, and I met this guy. His name's Elliot Branch Jr., and he looks a lot like uh, Samuel Jackson. And he's one of those guys who used to do the impersonations on Hollywood Boulevard, like, years and years ago. Uh, I think he was even a stand-in for him in a couple of movies. And uh, he's just a really cool dude. I'm like, dude, I got an idea for a film. What if, like me you and randy made a film and i just i didn't really know like where i was gonna go that was kind of the nucleus of the uh but i thought about it for a couple more months whatever and maybe you know maybe within like 2019 i'm like dude i wrote a script i sent it to him he thought it was funny we're gonna make it in 2020 uh but uh you know as we all know nothing happened in 2020 so we had to wait till uh, 2021 to make it and uh yeah made it over the summer and uh yeah in the fall now we're in the spring and it's uh you know it'll be in the film festival circuit for at least for the rest of the year, for sure. Yeah. Now, do you uh, get help in the writing of the script? Does um, Randy help or anybody else? No, not this particular, not this particular one. I mean, you know, if they have a good idea that adds to the script or you know, improv line or so, yeah. But yeah, the the writing was was in a way all me. But I have to admit, uh, you know, I maybe I maybe I was. Um, struggling on the line of parody and plagiarism <laughs> <laughs> right. for the first couple of minutes of the movie because it's almost verbatim. But uh, uh, yeah, no, but it, it was it was clearly a parody. Um, and uh, hopefully maybe one day Quentin or his people will see it and not sue me and they'll, I don't know, be honored and get a laugh out of it. Right. So do you want to describe what the movie's about? Oh, okay. Yeah. So basically it plays kind of uh, me and Randy. We kind of play versions of ourselves and we're like two grown men who happen to be roommates kind of, and uh, we need a third roommate. So we, uh, we put out an ad in Craigslist and the only guy who comes to the door is this guy, Jules from Pulp Friction. Fiction. Sorry. <laughs> from Pulp Fiction. Uh, yeah. There's friction. Yeah. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah, thank it's you. Very funny. Thank you. So I'm glad that you're winning some awards for it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, people seem to like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't they like everything that you do? No, no, not Are at all. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, um, you know, as an actor, we've all been in crap. You know, right. it's just, uh, you know, it's just the way it is. You know, some some of them are 48s, or some of them are just early student films, or something like that. Some of them are, uh, they just don't have the budget or the talent uh, behind camera. But I mean, I'm definitely been doing it for a while now so i know who's good and who's not good and who to work with and who not to work with i think uh you know but there are some experiments too you know like that one uh when howie met ronnie uh the goal of that was it wasn't ever going to be a film festival film um it's an eight minute uh, is it eight minutes i think it's eight minutes eight minute short film and it's a fan film to howard stern and I made it specifically to get a mention on the Howard Stern show and then eventually maybe go viral or something like that, even if they hated it, whatever. It, they, I, I reached out to some of the people on the show and they said, unfortunately, we can't promote it. I don't really know why. Even if it was a turd, they could totally crack on it. That's fine. Uh, and I, actually, I'm proud of it. I think it's funny. And, and real Stern fans think it's funny for the most part. A lot of Howard Stern fans are just dicks. Yeah, they're, they're not... Uh, they're not the most encouraging people. So I put it on a Howard Stern Reddit. Never have I had so much criticism on a project. And, you know, you really develop a quick uh, or a thick skin. Yeah. Overnight when you just see them just hating on your project. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Things like, oh, you wasted eight minutes of my life or, you know, just like, ugh, worst acting ever. And, you know, a lot of these people... They don't even mean what they say. They're just trying to outmean each other. That's kind of a weird thing with the Howard Stern people. Like they even they'll listen to him, but then they'll hate on him. It's just they're haters, but you know, they go there, whatever. It got some kind of response, so it did in a way entertain people. So, <laughs> well, and I think that when you uh, put yourself out there more, there's always the haters. Yeah, and yeah. you kind of just gotta get used to that. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, for the most part, I mean, it was actually probably like more like 
you know, maybe two thirds of the people liked it. And then the other third would just really hated it or hated me or whatever. But I mean, again, these are like losers, you know, I mean, they're not, they're not doing anything. They're just sitting there on their computers and Reddit hating. So I don't, I'd never take it personally. You can't. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, that's good. It's funny more than anything. <laughs> so what was the show about? The short? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was a true story about how Howard Stern met his uh, now legendary limo driver, Ronnie Mund. And he told this story many times on the air. So I basically just took that story and um, made it like a little eight minute short, you know, and that even that's like a parody. Like I play young Ronnie Mund in 1986 and, you know, I got this like awful mullet and this mustache and I kind of have this voice that talks like this, you know, what's your problem? Yeah. Kind of like this Joe Pesci. If I were to go back in time, I probably would have made it a little bit more sounding like the guy Ronnie Mund uh, versus uh, a parody of him. I don't know. But whatever. You do what you do and you hope people like it. And, uh, you know, some people did, some people didn't, but whatever. Do you have a journal where you keep all your writing ideas and stories? Like walk us through the writing process of coming up with the different stories and how does uh, go from idea to writing it? Yeah. You know, I wish I did. I was. I wish I was more uh, structured and organized, but unfortunately I'm not. It takes a lot for me to sit down, get in front of a computer and start writing. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm one of those guys like, uh, I, I forget what the phenomenon's called, but a lot of your good ideas come when you're kind of, uh, you're doing something like uh, using some kind of motor skill, you know, like driving a car or riding a bike. For me, it's riding a bike. Uh, that's where like a lot of my ideas come from. Yeah. Uh, sometimes in the shower or something like that. A lot of songwriters come up with like, you know, come up with like a brilliant song while they're like washing their hair in the shower. You know, it's just one of those things. And then, you know, hopefully you remember it, you jot it down, some notes. But yeah, it kind of, it takes a lot of discipline to sit down and write it. And I think that's why I, I don't, I haven't cranked out features, uh, you know, mostly short, short films because I have a short attention span. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you had a very cute film that you wrote, directed, starred in called The Power Agent yes. with uh, Charlie Craft. Yes. Uh, she's so cute. Uh, what inspired the story and what was it like working with a young child? Oh, well, Charlie's a pro. It's not the first time I've worked with uh, young uh, children. Um, uh, I've worked with uh, young children and, and dogs now. So, yeah, I, I think I got I had my work cut out for me. And I don't know, I, I survived it all. But uh, anyways, it, it started, I'm friends with uh, Jeff Craft, who is Charlie's dad also plays her dad slash assistant in the in the short film i think we were out on his boat one day and we uh invited another friend and that friend couldn't make it because they had like theater rehearsals or something like that i'm like oh what a waste of time that is you know and then i i, I put up my phone and uh to charlie i'm like charlie tell so and so i can't remember who it was it could have been randy for all i know tell randy that uh those gigs are for the birds. So uh, she's like, Randy, those gigs are for the birds. <laughs> and it was adorable. And I sent it to him. He's like, ah, he's like, yeah, she should be my agent. I'm like, bing. <laughs> so uh, that was kind of the nucleus of that idea. Like just the idea of a actor struggling with, you know, which we all do as actors. We struggle with, is our agent really getting us out there? And, you know, most of our agents are like, yeah, we are. You're a pain in the ass. But um, uh, most of them. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, agents are great. Yeah, and that was kind of the idea, just the, the, the goofiness of just having this uh, little cute five-year-old play an adult. So, you know, and it, it was kind of like, you ever see that uh, that sketch with Will Ferrell, the landlord? Yes. Kind of in like that, not as not as raunchy, you know, we wanted to keep it PG and cute. And uh, that's had a lot of success from the film festival circuit. It, I think it only got rejected from one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was hilarious. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So is she an actress? She's not. No, her dad is a TV personality. Uh, I think she probably will be. She's a ham. She's 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 awesome. She's great. She's. I think she's now seven. Maybe she's even eight now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it got a it got a um, uh, a lot of good positive response. 
in um, in the film festival circuit, and it actually uh, played at the San Diego airport for a while too, which is nice. How so? Uh, Jody had this thing, Jody Silly of the San Diego Film Consortium. She had a deal with the San Diego airport where they would uh, kind of explore, exploit, whatever you want to say, <laughs> uh, local artists um, and uh, show their uh, short films. And uh, the Power Agent is only five minutes long. And, uh, you know, it's cute. It's PG. So it kind of worked. And But, yeah, a couple of times people would be at airports and be like, oh, my God, this guy's everywhere, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So where can people see it? Uh, I mean, I, I can pro- I'm probably going to put it on Amazon Prime soon. Yeah, once it's done with the festival circuit, that's kind of where you want to put it. You know, I guess you could throw it on YouTube as well. It won't get that many hits because there's just so much out there, you know. Right. Uh, but yeah, probably ended up on Amazon Prime, see where it goes. So just more people can see it. Yeah, and then how about your other films? Is, do you have a YouTube channel that somebody could check out? Um, not really of my short films. I'm the only one I can think of that's like out there is this other parody called The Patio, uh, which is a parody of the room uh that's the one uh i think and then when how we met ronnie you can see that online because those those two films were really never meant to be in the film festival circuit they're just goofy low budget you know horribly made but funny uh parodies uh so i just kind of want to put them out there just to kind of create content yeah all the other ones that are like i'm a little bit more proud of because they're a little bit more production value those ones are the ones that i want in the festival circuit and then you can't have them online if they're in the film festival circuit so right yeah Okay, so the YouTube channel is. I, I don't name, really or? have a YouTube. I mean, I guess I do, but it's pretty random at this point. A lot of them are like just auditions and just random stuff. But I, I should work on that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then, so the way to contact you would probably be through Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, or, IG's yeah. great. Yeah, at the Mark Atkinson because there's so many of us, I guess. But I'm the Mark Atkinson. So you were on the TV series Selena. Yeah. Uh, walk us through a day on the set. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, that was another one. Um, this was a self-submission thing. Uh, they called me a month later, said, you got the part. Congratulations. I'm like, okay, cool. But they, they reached me via WhatsApp. And I'm like, ah, is this legit or is this, is this shady? Um, and sure enough, it was legit. Uh, so uh, they told me, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be playing the Denny's manager. I'm like, oh, okay, great. And they just to kind of walk across the border and some guys will meet you in a white van. I'm like, well, all right, are they going to put like something like a pillowcase over my head or something? But uh, no, it was cool. It was it was really sweet. Uh, so they drove me 45 minutes south across the border there to where they shot Titanic at the Baja Studios. And that's where um, I had a beard at the time. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was a flashback scene in uh, 1963. And beards weren't really no one had beards, I guess, back then. But they're like, you can have chops and a mustache. I'm like, let's do it. And I just remember being in the chair, and this was February of 2020, one of the makeup artists uh, just wearing a mask. And I'm like, oh. And, you know, we had heard about this, you know, coronavirus. But I was just kind of like, eh, it's a, man, the media is blowing it up, right? Uh, wrong. <laughs> um, and I just remember being like, that's yeah, a bit much with the mask. Or, and then I was like, maybe she has a cold. And then I saw another one. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe this, maybe this will be the new thing on sets. And then all of a sudden, it was a new thing everywhere. I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, but we shot that in February 2020, like right before the lockdown. Yeah, and of course, it came out December of 2021, uh, which is cool. I, I was in uh, what uh, only one episode as a co-starring, but it, it got a lot of views though. Uh, it was uh, number one in 23 countries. It was number one on Netflix that week or that for two weeks or something like that. So it was it was a big project. And then from there, I kind of catapulted my way into some print media and then wrote up some articles. And uh, even uh, last week at the San Diego uh, Latino Film Festival, I was getting some recognition from it. So it was pretty cool to be a part of something that big. Yeah. Did you get to ablib? 
you know, it's funny you say that. So, yes, uh, originally, I think they cut, like, about 40% of my dialogue. Uh, but one line that I added was, it just, it, I, I felt it needed some kind of, like, a little bit of button, my, my character or whatever, or that scene. So, at the end, I say, okay. Uh, basically, it's a, the flashback, Selena's dad, 1963. He's working at Denny's, dead at a job. He wants to quit his job, pursue his dream, get into music. He tells me that, and I just go, okay, good luck with that. And I shake his hand. So, yeah, that happened. And then uh, it was about a year ago uh, right now. My friend sent me a, uh, a text in the morning. He said, dude, you made it. I'm like, what? He's like, you're a gif. And he sends me a Twitter of me saying, okay, good luck with that. Or, all right, good luck with that. Yeah, and I was just like, wow, that's awesome. I'm a gif. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that is really cool. Yeah. And and now I guess I'm going to try to use it in every project, like, after that became a gif when we do, uh, I think we did a reshoot or something like that. No, it was when we shot, yeah, Pulp Friction. I added that line in as Jules says, I'm going to go walk the earth and kind of leaves. We call it the breakup scene. I go, okay, good luck with that. Shake his hand. <laughs> so it'll be, it'll be like my, uh, I'll be back, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. So did you have to prepare for the role? What do you do? You know, it's funny. No, uh, there's a, uh, one of the scenes is like I come in and this is the one they, they deleted or whatever. They come in and uh, yell at the kid. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing? You told me you were an army and the cook or uh, you were a, uh, you were a cook in the army, army and the cook. <laughs> you told me you were a cook in the army. And, uh, you know, and then I show him how to make an omelet and I like flip it. And uh, I was like, shit, I was there on set. And I was like, I did not practice flipping an egg at all in a pan. Like, I, I maybe I could do it, but it's going to take, like, 37 takes, you know? And uh, they're like, you know, we'll just do an insert. We're going to use someone else's hands. I'm like, okay. I look around. I'm, like, the only Caucasian there on set. Like, uh, okay, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> but uh, they ended up clipping it, probably because of that. They just couldn't get a good hand model for it. But, um, no, I mean, preparation, I just, you know, memorize your lines. And then if you have a good idea, bring it to the director. She was cool with me doing the improv line. And they could have been more professional. You know, they had me in and out within a half a day. And... I think I took some of my pesos that they paid me in and put it right back into the Tijuana local establishments. All right. No, I'm like, I had a margarita, then I, I went to the other side of the border. It was it was good. Yeah. yeah. Did they did they drive you back? Yes, they did. Well, actually, no. So we shot it at a Bob's Big Boy. Uh, so they kind of doubled it as a Denny's. It's actually a Bob's Big Boy. Uh, but it was close to Revolution Street. So, you know, I kind of knew my way around there from from just like my wild reckless youth we'll say uh and uh yeah no i just kind of had a margarita said all right i finally uh i don't know i finally did an international production and then you know walked across the border and i was i don't know home 45 minutes later yeah <laughs> so what's the big goal for you like what would you like to be doing uh i mean i definitely want more co-starring roles I, i've actually auditioned for a lot of them lately and haven't booked anything yet but like uh I, you, you just posted something about mank minx i'm oh, sorry minx not mank that's randy uh minx yes which is a new show on hbo max i know i auditioned for that like three times didn't get it but you know the fact that i'm auditioning uh and seeing the parts that i lose to uh on a national basis is 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 a step up from just the local because i think a lot of people here in san diego they just kind of focus on the local and really that's not really going to get you too far you know so you know i think i'm at a place where i'm i've uh you know i think i've i've capped you know what's going on here i think in san diego it's a very small scene you know so you know i i try to get to la as often as i can i was just there last night uh, networking and you know um but you know, at, at the end of the day, you just want to work with some cool people on big professional projects. And, and you know, uh, at this point, 
I don't really want to do too many more shorts unless I'm producing them, with the exception of the one that we just worked on. Yeah, you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember saying, like, I I think I'm done with shorts. I got so many on my IMDb. Unless I produce it or unless it's got, you know, big SAG budget short or whatever, I'll do it. But, uh, yeah, around that time, Ty Mabry uh, sent me a script, and I read the script. I liked the script. And then what really sold me, though, is he showed me this really um, advanced previg of the whole entire, uh, what is it, 14-minute short, maybe? Mm And I'm just like, dude, if it looks half as good as his previs, this is going to be awesome. And I'm sure it's going to look twice as good as the previs because, you know, I'm in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what it's about? Because I think by the time this comes out, it will be done. Yes. Uh, the plan is about uh, two um, idiots and uh, they want to – you think they want to pull off a heist. I can't say what it is at the end. Spoiler alert. But uh, but basically – and the reason why I said it'll be better than previs – I didn't mean because I'm in it. I meant because like it's me and Jordan. It's not two like stick figures or whatever. It's uh, our human, you know, camaraderie or whatever. Because we we do have a pretty good chemistry. We've been in a number. Jordan Jacobo. Uh, we've been in a number of projects together. Jordan hates and Soldiers Misfortune and all that. So, uh, but I think that's why Ty Ty saw some of that work. He said, "Oh, these guys are good," and um, he kind of rewrote it for us specifically. Yeah. So basically, we, we pull. Uh, we're kind of like these idiots who want to pull off a heist, and we're in a car. It's almost like a stakeout. Uh, there's a vault. And it's just we kind of come up with scenario after scenario after scenario about how we're going to get in. And it's it's a lot of visual gags, uh, a lot of costume changes. People are going to love it. I think it's going to be really good in the film festival uh, circuit. So I'm very excited about that. Hopefully that'll be, you know, 2023, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and when I read the script, I, I just heard your voices. Oh, really? Like I could tell who was who yeah. just by the script. So it was definitely well suited for the both of you. And you both are very funny in it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And you were the DIT on it. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was a fun shoot, and and it's always nice to be on a shoot that everybody's so nice and yeah. helpful. Yeah, yeah, it was great, and there was like I said, there was a lot of costume changes. That was a fun day. Oh, God. There was one part um, where uh, they were applying makeup on me, and uh, I don't know, were you there that day? Yes. When uh, I found out the hard way that it wasn't makeup, it was glue. It was a simple mistake. I can laugh about it now. At the time, it wasn't so funny, but yeah, it took about an hour and a half to get that all that adhesive because it was like. I was almost on my full body, you know, my right. at least my top half. And I'm like, yeah, well, why is my why is my arm I can't open my <laughs> why is my forearm connected to my ribs? Yeah, that's weird. Uh so yeah, it was just a mistake on set, but you know. It was a mistake that he used that. He wasn't uh, supposed to use glue. I'm hoping Well, glue was supposed to be for like the wigs to keep them on the forehead, but two identical looking bottles were there. And he didn't grab it, but it was the, the wardrobe lady grabbed it. And she was just helping out. She didn't know. I don't know. I can laugh about it now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a story. It's a story. It's a story where you've been glued to yourself. Yes. <laughs> I love it when the makeup artist is like, um, this isn't makeup. Uh, it's glue. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like- so... Uh, I was curious, like, I talked to Randy, mm. had a podcast with him, okay. and he was telling me how you guys uh, get into those uh, parties. Oh, yeah, sure. We just got into one last night. We're, we're kind of getting older, so we don't need to sneak into parties anymore. We get invites nowadays. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. That's a step up. It is a step up, yeah. I mean, you know, the thrill is gone. There's nothing like sneaking into something where you're not supposed to be. But then again, you know, this is post-COVID, so you want to be responsible. You know, we're all vaxxed up and all that stuff. And it does feel better to get invited versus sneaking in. But yeah, we've been in some really cool parties with like a lot of A-listers. Um, 
I don't know what he told you specifically, but like Emmy parties, Comic-Con parties, parties with Oscar winners. Yeah. So unfortunately, uh, I don't have anything planned, you know, for this Sunday. Uh, I don't know. This Sunday, if you're listening to this, is Oscar Sunday. But I think I'm just going to take this year off with that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cut to Sunday. Ah! Yeah, let's do it. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's 11 a.m. Let's do it. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's the craziest party you've gotten into? And how did you get into it? Or do you want to... Well, I can't reveal my secrets. I know, but Randy did. He did? Oh, (laughs) idiot. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think uh, one of the best ones we went to, we went to a party at the Chateau Marmont. Uh, Golden Globes party that was really cool uh, we went to another party where a very A-list Oscar winning director uh, we met him and he invited us to his uh, Super Bowl party that was really cool um, I don't know if I want to name drop did he, he did he did oh okay Peter and we, well and we see pictures of it on your oh yeah that's right yeah okay yeah Peter Fairley of, uh, of uh, well I know him from Dumb and Dumber we all know him from Dumb and Dumber and the Fairley brothers Pete and Bobby Fairley from Dumb and Dumber and there's something about Mary the, and then he, of course he won the Oscar for best picture and best screenplay uh, Green Book a couple of years ago yeah he's from Rhode Island I'm from Rhode Island we have a lot of mutual friends really good guy great guy and he was just kind enough to extend a a uh, an invite to a Super Bowl party and then I saw him again uh, just a few months ago he invited me to the one of the first screenings of his next project called uh, The Greatest Beer Run Ever it's a Vietnam era uh, I guess you could call it a dramedy based on a real um, event of a guy sneaking into Vietnam during the Vietnam War a civilian uh, well he was uh, what merchant marine but technically uh, non-combat civilian uh, and uh, giving some of his friends tracking him down I mean can you imagine this happened in like the 60s before iPhones, uh, for internet, um, tracking them down in uh, in country and uh, just giving them symbolic uh, Paps Blue Ribbons, I believe, and uh, Budweisers, just to show them that people care about what they're fighting for on the other side. It's a great story. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I auditioned for that too. Didn't get it, but it's okay. Why? Uh, why didn't I get did, it? Why did, did I... you talk to the directors? Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what am I going to say? Like, hey, I, I did say I auditioned for it, but you know. Uh, I don't know if it ever made it to him. Maybe it just only made it to the casting directors. But it's also kind of awkward because, you know, it's like, hey, that's cool. Sorry I didn't get it. We found someone better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's actually not – I don't take it personally. I don't think – it was someone who looked more like a drill sergeant. I don't. I'm not a very intimidating-looking guy at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I kind of tried to play the Napoleon complex thing. But they wanted to go with a more traditional, um, you know – drill sergeant looking dude and they did and whatever it's it's a lot of times it's out of your hands it's all about a look or an age or a race that's a big thing diversity you know is a huge Mm -hmm. thing now um so yeah uh, i just i just got a call back from commercial yesterday two days ago and uh i was like all right sweet i think i got it it went well and then ultimately i didn't get it um but it's uh you know you never know you just got to see who they ended up going with and hopefully they don't look like you and sound like you (laughs) right right yeah (laughs) yeah well and like you said you just got to keep going got to keep going yeah i mean i I don't get discouraged i don't i mean okay you get a little discouraged i'll be honest but it goes away in like a day or two you know and uh you know you just keep on going because something you never know what's going to come you know i don't have i only have one project um that I know for sure that I'm going to be shooting in a couple of weeks. It's a small little role in a feature film uh, with uh, some some couple of named talents. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but other than that, I don't know. I, I'll probably produce another f- short film, maybe over the summer or something like that. But uh, and then keep on auditioning and hopefully, hopefully I'll land something and I will get my landlord off my back. Uh, yeah. Are you wanting to move to LA? No, no. I mean, I was just there last night and I was just like. <sighs> 
talking to Randy actually saying, Oh God, I hate this place. I hate the parking situation. You have to read like three different signs in order to make sure you're okay to park. We ended up getting, you know, paying for parking 10 bucks or whatever. Not bad. Oh shit. I think I own five bucks still. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Venmo. Yeah, right. Uh, and uh, no, I, I don't have any desire to live up there. I did live up there about 12 years ago for about a year and uh, didn't like it then. I don't like it even more now, especially nowadays when you can submit, you know, just self-tapes. So, uh, but it's I do like going up there for meetings, for premieres, for, you know, parties and all that stuff. But for the auditions, those days are done. To do a six-hour commute for a five-minute audition, nah, not for me. That must be nice, though, the change in that. Oh, yeah. That's the silver lining in the pandemic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you think that that's going to remain forever? Or I certainly hope so. I think it's the uh, in, uh, the responsibility of the industry to just kind of reduce the carbon footprint. There's no need for, you know, even if you lived in L.A., let's just say you lived in, I don't know, Pasadena, and you had an audition in Santa Monica, that's still going to take you a good hour to get there, you know? And is there a real need to, to do that? To, you know, I don't, I don't think so. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, at what point do they bring you in? At what point do they bring you in? Yeah. I mean, like, sometimes uh, the the callback. Sometimes, yeah. Or sometimes you get it, and you know, the first time you'll see people. That's that's happened to me before. Boom. Uh, the first time you meet them in person is is uh well in person. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. When you're on set. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then any uh, any words of encouragement for people that are wanting to act? Um. Yeah. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of people here in San Diego. I, I'm, I'm gonna. Well, even LA too. They like the idea of wanting to be an actor or actress and, you know, and they want speaking parts and, you know, but honestly, you have to have training, you have to have ambition, you have to have discipline, you have to have talent, and you have to, uh, you know, have a little bit of networking skills too, be it social media or just kind of going to these events. But I just hear a lot, especially, yeah, like I said, here in San Diego, just a lot of people that try it out for six months or a year and then just give up. And maybe it's not for them. And maybe it is a good process to kind of weed through, you know, people who, who, you know, want to be in it versus people who are in it, you know, and there's a lot of people out there who are just throwing stuff out there on social media. Oh, set life. And it's like the same project they're talking about. They've been talking about for years and years and years. But honestly, uh, I, I heard a uh, filmmaker say um, recently at a film festival in Austin that, uh, you know, everyone here who has a film in this film festival are doers. They're not just talkers. They're doers because we made it and we're here, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So be a doer, not a talker. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like that. You were on a recently on a podcast? Well, I was on a podcast like years ago called The Intellectual Podcast. And it was me and Dave Dawson and Steve Schwartz and Kristen Naomi Garcia. And we had a pretty good dynamic. Lately, uh, since the pandemic, I've found myself being more of a guest on podcasts. Um, but yeah, I was a co-host on it. And it was fun. I think it kind of maybe just run its course, I guess. Or I don't know. It just kind of petered out. A lot of podcasts do, you know. It's just... It's unfortunate, it's a, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I got to give Dave credit for, you know, he, he set it all up. It was his equipment and he edited it and, you know, produced it. And, uh, you know, I think it's just one of those things you have it, you do it. Um, you kind of lose a little bit of consistency and ultimately it just kind of fizzles away and you, or you find something new or, you know, you grow up, you get a new job. I don't know, something like that, you know, but yeah, it was, it was fun being a, being a co-host. We, something like what you're doing, we had local San Diego people, a couple of people from uh, LA every once in a while. Um, but yeah, the last time I did that was probably, I mean, it was during the pandemic sometime, maybe like, geez, two years ago. Yeah. And how did you record it? Was everybody in the same place? Um, th- yeah, originally, yeah. We sometimes would go up to LA. We'd record it at my house a lot. That was always fun, actually. People coming over, and uh, yeah, I mean, 
Zoom. We did a couple through Zoom. I think uh, I think they even did a couple. They invited me to a couple of them on uh, Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good venue for podcasts, Clubhouse. I think... I don't know. I think Club- I don't know. Club Do you listen to Clubhouse? I've heard of it, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, it was like the hot thing for like 3 months like last year and then it just got petered out because it wasn't really being what's the word I'm looking for? Uh censored. Yeah, in other words like a lot of hacks were like giving advice and they weren't really. They were in no position to give advice. When it first came out, I was like, "Oh cool, a caster and director giving solid advice to actors out there." But then it just became the point when just every wannabe, you know, was like speaking their mind and getting into fights and I don't know it was just stupid I don't know. I think it's still around but I haven't listened to it in over a year but um, I'm talking about uh, Clubhouse right yeah yeah well what it, what was your show on our our the intellectual podcast is what it was called yeah so we would uh, we'd have a, like yeah a lot of the San Diego filmmakers get to know their story you know sometimes it'd be about an hour maybe an hour and a half sometimes but it was a lot of fun yeah oh, that's great yeah yeah it was cool would you want to do it again. Uh, well, like you said, it is a lot of work, but yeah. I mean, uh, maybe, yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't say no for sure. You know, I th- I like hearing people's stories. I like being, you know, on the other side versus talking about myself. I like hearing other people's, you know, stories. Yeah. But yeah. I listen to like Mark Marin and every once in a while, Joe Rogan, when I need to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. And I'm a huge fan of Howard Stern, obviously. So I just like, I just like the long f- form interview, uh, it's very fascinating, I think. What do you like about Howard Stern? Uh, I've just always, I think I've always been a fan, at least since his movie came out. That's kind of what introduced him, Private Parts. That's what pretty yep. much introduced me to him. And then I just always thought he was uh, funny. Um, you know, he's not, not like the really crude stuff. He's, he's he's actually cleaned up his act a lot. He's a great interviewer. I mean, say what you will, Bob, but he's probably one of the best interviewers of all time. You know, him, maybe Charlie Rose, I don't know. I just find him a... And not just him, but like his whole cast and crew, you know, ever evolving and and fun and entertaining. I mean, I will say, I hate to say it, but I think he's a little bit past his peak at this point, but he's still listenable. He's still good. But I think the best years were his first couple of years, the arty years, and even up until probably fairly recently. I don't know. I just always found it being a very entertaining. And, and, And when you're in like a not a fraternity, but like a club of Howard Stern fans. It's, it's, it's almost like we're speaking our own language. You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. 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 Well, and also the questions that he would ask, I mean, that he has balls to ask some of those questions that you could, you probably really want to know. <laughs> oh, sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He, he's kind of tiptoes around that a little bit more now. I think it's because, you know, he wants to get bigger names and the publicist, you know, will warn him saying, you know, you got to uh, say, Rob Lowe, um, you know, like, oh, you can ask him anything you want. Just don't bring up that sex scandal from 30 years ago. You know, something like that, you know. Right. But, you know, it is what it is, you know. Yeah, it's just I, – and I think people like this. Like, I, I like being on this side. But I don't know. I think I prefer to be the guy asking the questions, you know, because yeah. I don't know. I don't know if my story is really that unique or interesting, but – It is. You're interesting. I am? Yeah, otherwise I wouldn't have had you. No, that's so. a good point. Very selective. Oh, you are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you've had uh, you've had Jordan, you've had Randy, you've had Merrick. Yeah. Cool. Peggy. Peggy. Uh, Maggie. Carrie Scott. I call him Maggie. Merrick <laughs> oh, yeah. Peggy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Scott. Oh yeah, he's a good uh, actor. He's a good acting teacher too. He's yeah. Had, he's had some success lately. Yeah. Who's your acting coach, or have you had one? Uh, no, I I um I studied uh, improv for the most part, so I didn't use any of these yeah san diego local people uh, unfortunately or i don't know maybe fortunately i don't know i i, I studied at uh, second city 
mm-hmm. up in LA, oh. which I just heard is no longer there. Didn't make it through the pandemic. Yeah. Oh. And then the Growlings as well. Uh, and then my teacher there was a name, a guy named uh, Ben Falcone, who um, he's married to Melissa McCarthy. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah he was he was one of my improv teachers. Uh, another guy is Craig Kikowski, who's well known and respected in the improv world. But yeah. Um, so you know. drive up there. Uh, well, I used to, yeah, back when gas was uh, affordable, yeah. How often? Like once a week, twice a week? Uh, yeah, I think I would do that. That was, yeah, when I first moved here. Yeah, my, my uh, I think my 88 Bronco, I would drive it up there. I'd take the train. That's a good way to get up there, too. I remember, and I took the train recently down from LAX, but I remember I would go to like Old Town or Solana Beach, get on a train, take it all the way up to Union Station, get on a subway. They do have subways there. A lot of people don't know that. Yep. And then, uh, you know, and then maybe take a bus or walk to class. It would take me like three, it would take me a whole day to get there and back. But I don't know. I kind of made it the journey and I don't know. I don't know if I would want to do it now because I guess, you know, when you're younger, you have all the time in the world and now you're just kind of like, I just want to get there and get out or I don't know. Right. Well, you want to have the freedom to like, all right, I just want to get there and do it. And then, I don't know, maybe meet up with someone or, you know, discover a new bar or restaurant or uh, check in it, check in, uh, check out a uh, comedy show. I used to do that a lot. Right. Yeah, it was cool. So do you still do comedy? I don't do stand-up anymore now. But yes, I, I do comedy in the sense that uh, that's kind of my, my niche, my wheelhouse. Right, yeah. yeah. Yes, my it's in my bailiwick. Yeah. No um, one uses that word anymore. No, they don't. No. It... Hashtag bailiwick. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you do improv down here at all? Uh, no, I know that there's a couple of uh, improv um, schools um well, they're not schools. They're more like, but no, I, I don't, uh, nothing, nothing local here. I, I, well, I, I figured I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to spend all this money, I want to go to the best schools. You know, I want to go to the, the, the Juilliard of improv or whatever, you know, and that's why I want to go to second city, uh, and, and also groundlings. I, I kind of wish I went to UCB, but I guess UCB is not even around and which is really unfortunate. So I, I don't know if you're in LA, I don't know where people train for improv anymore. Right. But, uh, it's, it's a very, it's a skill you, you kind of need, uh, some some are better than others. I I think I'm good at improv, but I'm not good at memorization of like you know technical jargon and and uh, monologues and all that stuff. Yeah, but um, but that's maybe that's why I like it too. And then you know it's also good if you get kind of a lame script and you kind of make it your own and you know. Right. Yeah. Luckily, we didn't have to do that with uh, that movie we just made called The Plan, coming out in 2023. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No. No. That was really good. Well written. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations for actors to take improv? Yeah, sure. I, I recommend them to take improv for sure. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of those schools just kind of went away during the pandemic. I don't know. Maybe the Growlings is the only one. But really, if you find anyone who knows what they're doing and what they're talking about, you need it. You need it for auditions, especially for commercials. But, you know, also on set, too. It's just, it's just always, to be, it's always good to be quick on the feet, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just walk us through improv for people that may not know what that is. Oh, it's basically, it's, uh, wow, how do I describe it without saying the word improvisation? Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, well, I mean, a lot of the classes are like games, which, you know, they get a little hokey, but the more you take improv classes, the the levels get higher, and then you kind of incorporate it into scenes. And that that's where I think it gets interesting when you develop scenes and characters, you know, like a lot of the people from Saturday Night Live, like uh, Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know if you knew this, but he, uh, he's got a character named Matt Foley, remember that, but Matt Foley was actually a character that Bob Odenkirk, who's now known as uh, Better Call Saul, uh, he actually wrote that. 
Chris Farley kind of just made it his own, made it really over the top. That was a Second City character, and then he brought it to the Saturday Night Live, and that's ultimately like one of the most famous sketches of all time. Definitely one of the famous, most famous sketches with him in it. Yeah, I mean, all that kind of started with like just like this idea of of a character that Bob Odenkirk wrote, and then Farley would just improvise his lines, making it bigger. Yeah, I mean, improv classes at first are kind of games. Yes, and is probably the most famous one. Uh, you know, when you create a scene, you say yes, and, and you got to add to it. And it's got to basically, you want to have two unique characters. You don't want to ask questions because I guess that kind of puts you other. It's kind of like a boomerang thing. It kind of throws it back on them. You want to escalate the scene versus throwing it back. But I do it literally almost every project that I've ever been in. Like, uh, even on Selena, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of these commercials, you have to be verbatim. You have to say the lines. Um, but most of the, most of the scripts you get down here or even up there, they just want you to do the key points, try to stay, but then also make it your own. I've never really only once or twice have I heard people say, no, 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 just stick to the script. And, uh, you know, that was the last time we ever worked with each other. <laughs> right, exactly. Because <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, when you're improving, like, you you get a script, and then what do you do? Like, you're thinking, you say the line or the lines, and then you just start thinking about how you can make it funnier? Yeah, how to, how to make it, uh, I mean, usually you want to go funnier, yeah. But, I mean, improv doesn't have to be funny. I think it just has to come across as uh, in the moment, really, is kind of what they teach us. It has to be in the moment. It has to be authentic. Uh, unless it's like a really broad comedy, which, you know, like the plan, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, but there, you know, Ty, Ty was nice enough to let us get a couple of improvs in there. I mean, mostly we stuck to the script because the script was so good. But yeah, he definitely wanted us to add some improv. Like, I think there were even parts in the script, where, you know, the line would be there and then he'd have in like parentheses, like possible improv. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And he uh, told the director that when you're doing your stuff and even before to start recording, Mm-hmm. Just to get some sound bites. Yeah, yeah. Because you guys were like talking, and, and when you guys are talking before we even started the scene, you're so funny with with the things that you would just come up to talk about. It was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Who talks about these things? Yeah, yeah. but to, but it's funny. Yeah, the way that yeah. you say it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like to keep things light on. Sets are funny, you know, and everything. Really, almost everything I work on is comedy. Not not everything, but I'd say ninety percent. Yeah, uh, at least ninety. Maybe 95. Anyways, uh, but it, I just love being on a set, especially after the pandemic. I don't, I'm a people person. I'm a very social person. I'm a social drinker. Uh, someone said, oh, you're not a binge drinker. No, I'm a social drinker, but I'm very social. <laughs> All right, that was a corny joke. I made that up. But anyways, uh, but yes, I'm a social person, a people person. I like to be around people. Uh, I love these film festivals. That's like maybe the number one thing I miss the most is just being at events, seeing movies, uh, parties, and film festivals are that indeed. You know, they're just being around people, film festivals, film-related people. It, it's just great. It's great. So I'm out there. You know, uh, I guess COVID's still out there, but... You know, it's still out there, but I'm, you know, triple times vaxxed, so, or, you know. Right. You know what I meant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got the booster. How about that? Yeah, right. Yeah. If they want me to get another one, I'll do it. As long as I don't have to go back to the isolation and wear a mask everywhere I go. I'm not anti-mask, but, you know, I'd rather not have it than, than have it, but... But I have to wear it. I'll play along, you know? Right. Yeah. So during the pandemic when we were all kind of isolated, I mean, did you... Go insane? Yeah. Or (laughs) do a lot of self-tape? Yeah, a lot of self-tapes. I goofed around. I, you know, I'm very uh, proficient in uh, iMovie on my iPhone now. I did little dopey sketches, uh, sketches and skits. 
you know, that I that I thought were fun and funny at the time, and then a year later, you, you, you know, it comes up in the Facebook memories or whatever. And you're like, oh god, I guess I was in a I was in a weird spot then, wasn't I? Uh, but uh, it's good to be back on set, um, and and it's really one of my even with the plan. I think I, I wrapped a they we wrapped to what last Saturday or something like that, and I stuck around for just like another hour. You know, I knew there's some more scenes, and I I did it for two reasons. A, there was free food there still, and uh, you know I can't get enough Lacroix, I guess. Uh, and then B, um, I just like being around people, um, and not just the actors. Like I like the and some of these people are my friends that I've collaborated with over the years, you know. Um, but just like you know, any the sound of people, the 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 grips, the gaffers, you know, and, and we had, we had a really cool crew for that, you know. So. You know, and I don't want to say it's like a family, but it's it's just really cool to work with people you know, you like, respect, and you know that are talented. And uh, luckily, we we do have some, we do have a lot of that here in San Diego. We just don't have money, <laughs> right? None of us have money. Yeah, and that's the bummer because yeah. a lot of people don't pay. You know, so you're pretty much just building your reel. Yeah, a lot of yeah. The times which which I've I've done. Like it's it's you know, and at this point, it's built. <laughs> oh yeah, and at this point, no one's even asking for a reel anymore. They just want you know specific clips to see yeah. what you can play. You know, so, but uh, you know, I yeah, I've got way. I got to update my commercial reel actually, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's more about the experience and just you want to make sure that you're gonna that you're on a project that will you know. A, be finished, and B, they'll, they'll have some kind of plan, whether it be to distribute it or just throw it in the film festival circuit, not just, like, poop it out and YouTube, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. No, and I think it's great um, just to be a part of, and yeah. always, it's nice when you go on different sets and you're like, oh, hey, yeah, you know? It's it, great, it is, I love it. I feel like it is a family, like it's yeah. a family of people that you like to work with, and then you're always meeting new people, which yeah. is so awesome. Yeah, that's cool, yeah, it's great meeting new people, and there's, you know, just going to this event last night, uh, you know, maybe some of them I'll never see again, but maybe I won't, maybe I'll, you know, maybe we'll work together on a project someday, you never know, you know, because I just like meeting fellow creative collaborative people you know and as long as they're not dicks yeah uh, yeah <laughs> well thank you so much mark for being on the show this was fun this was fun i'm glad we finally did i know we we're supposed to do it in january when i had like nothing to do right but the day that we were supposed to do it i did have something to do and then february and then here i am and i barely made it today so thanks for being patient oh of course yeah. of course thank you so much for listening i encourage you to get out there and make a film Reach out to your local filmmakers group to get involved and connect. Please subscribe to the show if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at Tammy Madero. Until we meet again, what's your story? <laughs> <laughs>